Welcome, you all. Welcome. I'm Baron Baptiste. I am here with my good friend David Masters. We are here disrupting the drift. It's a uh, joy. It's a gift to get to be here with you all and with you, David. Hello, David. How you doing? Very well. It's great to be here. Yeah. I think more than ever, there's a lot of drifting along in life. And there's this kind of going along to get along, drifting along to pass time. There's fear in the energetic space of humanity and people. There's anxiety more than ever. There's depression. There's a loss of motivation. And not to be totally negative here, because in all of that is also opportunity. Fear, if I have fear, well, the way out of fear is actually for me to confront it. So the thing I'm not wanting to face, like what scares me, what gives me anxiety, the thing I'm not either dealing with directly or handling or confronting or facing, I'm avoiding it. I'm ignoring it. I'm pretending it's not there. I'm compartmentalizing. I'm left with it. It's what we don't face, we feel. And it starts to become this overwhelming feeling. uh, And in fear, it, it expresses or manifests itself as anxiety, you could say. But here we're talking about, well, where's the access point? Or where's the light switch? Where's the way out? The how to get out of living in fear and anxiety and actually get your hand on the light switch to turn on the light and do the things that give you new kind of power, new kind of uh, oxygen, energetic oxygen, spiritual oxygen, right now. Not later, but now. To begin moving in ways, moving and having your being from that breath of life, rather than going static, stagnant, freezing up. So... Choices. That's what we want to talk about today, David, right? Being at choice, decisions that actually become crossroads in one's life. You have this amazing article about Pamela Anderson and a choice that she made that caused her to go down a road that she now looks back at and questions, I think, at some level, what would have happened if I would have made different choices? Let's jump right into this. So here it goes. I wanted to be a nun, Pamela Anderson reveals. Her childhood dream job was to be a sister in the church instead of a playmate at the Playboy Mansion. Pamela Anderson has revealed her childhood dream job was to be a nun in the church. The legendary bombshell, 55 years old, opened up to Drew Barrymore in a quick, quirky Q&A session. I wanted to be a nun, declared Anderson, or a librarian. And I kind of took a different route. I don't know what happened. Pamela went on to reminisce about being at story time every day as a kid and how her passion for books eventually veered toward the Bible. I was at the library every day. I was at story time every day. And I really wanted to be a librarian. And then I thought, no, I really want to be a nun. (laughs) Very interesting. What I'm getting from this right here is how in life, we have certain callings. Like she's sharing, you know, a kind of calling she had to be a nun. She was called to something spiritual. A nun is kind of a representation of living a spiritual life. 
And then also librarian, it represents knowledge, perhaps. Well, there's some kind of draw, a calling toward higher knowledge. And then, okay, something happened. Someone approached her, some opportunity, some shiny golden carrot, you know, drawing her over into a wholly different life that ended up landing her in the Playboy Mansion as a playmate. What do you see about this level of kind of choice and how decisions can take us in a real direction? It becomes our life out of just these subtle moments where we decide and we cut off other things that maybe are even important to us, but they take us in a way, a direction, a pathway, very different. So then it goes back to the question, did you follow your dream or your intuition or did you go down the wrong path? And, you know, I think everybody at some level has done that for whatever reason. And I'll just tell you my experience, and I've talked about this before. I was maybe just before I was 18 years old, I decided I was going to go surfing one day. And I stood at the uh, the Ventura Pier looking out and I said, I'm going to go out. I'm going to go out. It doesn't matter. There's nobody there but me. And something said to me, a voice said to me, don't go out today. And I heard it. I mean, I really heard it. And I thought, you're not going to tell me what to do. Go to hell. And sure enough, I went out and I almost drowned. I don't even know how I didn't drown, to be honest with you. And so out of that, I had a lot of suffering. Uh, it was terrible. I mean, I couldn't surf for quite some time. And But an amazing things happened to me as a result of the me telling this mysterious voice that warned me not to go out surfing. I started to examine my life. And the first thing that happened to me when I washed up on the beach is I looked up into the heavens and I said, I don't want to live this way anymore because I ha had been pretty accident prone up until that point. In other words, I wasn't following these prompts, these important prompts. The way I described it before, and I'll say it again, is there's a time to get off the off ramp. But if you miss the off ramp, you don't know what's ahead. So you have a choice to make when that moment of truth happens to you and it can warn you. And maybe there was a warning that she didn't listen to about going down the path of being a playboy bunny. Maybe there were many warnings in, but at the same time, there are moments of doubt. Like, well, if you don't do this and you're missing out on a huge opportunity. So let me turn it around right here. Because the first thing I thought when I read the headline, Pamela Anderson reveals that she wanted to be a nun is that now that she spent 55 years of her life and a good part of that going down the wrong road, having five marriages and so on, she's got this huge presence in the world. Why doesn't she just use that to go back in the right direction and take many people with her? That was my first thought. That's why I thought this was an interesting article. You know, God works in mysterious ways. Yeah, so maybe her path isn't such a wrong path. God works in mysterious ways, so... You know, you could look through one lens of living just a perfect life, a righteous life. <laughs> I didn't do it. I had to go down kind of a lot of wrong paths in my life at different points in time. And gradually over time, growing up, maturing and seeing like, well, wait, there are consequences with whatever path you go down. It creates a certain future and a certain experience of life and a certain experience of yourself. I can see how going down dark paths, you hit bottom. It's really through hitting bottom, like a spiritual crisis, that you 
have an awakening at those points. There are points of awakening, points of like repentance where you can let go and lay down an old life, pick up a new one, and you bring that wisdom, that light into your life and share it with others who also have gone down dark paths that they kind of need to hear from you. I could see with the Pamela Anderson, she, she has some street cred of having gone down a certain route saying, Hey, watch out. You go, that's a cliff. You'll go, don't go over that cliff or Hey, watch out. There's a pothole there. I've done it. I can tell you it doesn't lead to a happy life or fulfilled whole and complete in myself kind of experience. If I, if you go down that route, it's true. I mean, God kind of needs to use people who have been through it and turn those wounds to wisdom or those hardships and the opposition of making wrong choices that are wrong for you in your highest potential. Because for someone like her, if her original purpose was a higher calling toward a spiritual life or God, wisdom, knowledge, and then she didn't go that way. Well, that was, that contrast was always there whispering in her ear. It's like whispering, come back. I know that's how it's been for me. It's like in my book, uh, 40 Days to Personal Revolution, I, I, I have a quote in there that says, um, I think it's a Turkish proverb that says, no matter how far down a wrong road you go, turn back, turn back. And you can always turn back. And you can also share the perils, the dangers of having taken that path with others so they don't have to, or they don't have to go as far down that path into the, the abyss or the black hole or the cliff that awaits. With regard to her idea that she's sharing now about being a, a nun, it's interesting too, as you said, that she was thinking about being a librarian, which was having greater knowledge about everything. And then she decided that she wanted to be a nun. Okay, Pamela Anderson, you know what? I actually would like to hear more of what you have to say. And as a matter of fact, I think it's you're more interesting in now that you've said that you are interested in the Bible. To me, you're more interesting as a person who wants to share something of depth than how you look and, your, and the, you know, the way your body looks and your face and your makeup and all the rest of it. I'm now more interested in you, and I guess... I'd like to say, and, and I hope I'm right when I say this, is that she might get a lot of fan mail from people who says you're beautiful and awesome and everything you know a woman should be. But at the same time, I want to pray and hope that she got that much response from people who said, thank you for talking the way you did and mentioning the Bible. Because the Bible helps people. It helps them find and reorient their lives, you know, along with other things, things that you and I teach, meditation and other things. And so I just want to say, maybe this is the beginning of something really wonderful for her. The Bible, I'm not like a Bible thumper, or, and I know you're not either. You know, I'm not, not kind of the rah-rah cheerleader Bible <laughs> person. But I'll say this, what the Bible does represent that I know, and I don't see it in many places, but what Jesus brought forward was love. I'm not saying it doesn't exist, but I don't know of another teaching that is inside of that book, the Bible, of love, and in such a profound way. You know, Buddha's thing wasn't love. He had a lot of other wisdom and 
but it wasn't this love, like the whole salvation of your life, like the whole transformation of your life from one way, loveless, to the experience of love. Now, love has been borrowed from the Bible into, you know, personal development and life coaches and, you know, and everyone kind of talks about love, Hollywood movies, love. And though that all comes from Jesus, essentially, you're a little more knowledgeable in this domain. So I'd be curious to what you have to say. But, and the other thing Jesus was, you know, primary in the Bible, there is forgiveness and forgiveness is a, a way to truly transform one's life and being. Through forgiveness, you get, there's a presencing, there's a fresh start, there's a whole new life. Forgiveness is a way of you know, dropping the past and all that and coming into the light and enlightenment in a sense. You're enlightened, you're enlightened up and a fresh new beginning from Jesus that I know and have personally just received when he says, you know, with all thy mind, with all thy strength, with all thy heart, love God, your creator, the creator of the universe. And and to live by something greater is a point, a spiritual source, the creator of the universe of all things, including you and me, as a, as a guide, you live by that. You love something greater than yourself. Yeah. I will say, with regard to forgiveness, and, and I'll ask you this, who is the most important person to forgive? I would say God, but God's not a person in my yeah. mind. It's a close second, to, in my mind, because the first person that's the most important to forgive is you. The reason is because in that moment, you get to go into an, a realignment because everything emanates from how you feel about yourself. And who doesn't want forgiveness for anything that they may have done out of ignorance or stupidity or anger or whatever? Every human being not only wants it, but needs it and literally requires it, which is why God looked at the world, in my opinion, and said, you know what? These people are going to destroy themselves out of their own way of looking at themselves. So I'm going to come into the world in a manifestation of a human being, and I'm going I'm to take all of that upon myself to give everybody a fresh start. That's the beauty of Jesus to me. Everybody's been hurt, and everybody needs to be healed and cleansed of the pain that's been caused to them. And because what it does, it turns us against ourselves. Yeah. And so forgiveness of ourself is the first order. Yeah. Well, and we've all trespassed, yeah. meaning <laughs> we've done things we shouldn't yeah. have done. We've said things we should not have said yeah. to others, to ourselves. We've lied, cheated, stole. I mean, everybody, if you really look, come on, you've cheated somewhere. If you really look you've lied or you're lying right now in your life. You don't have the kind of ethics, the morals, the integrity that you could have that would actually become the container for a very powerful and free life. What you're pointing to here is the burden of carrying around things. You know, you did things you shouldn't have done, or people did things to you that they should not have done, or you didn't do things you should have done, or 
others in your life didn't do things they should have done for you. And then you're carrying that all that around, but that becomes a burden. I always like to say that regret lives in the area of like, when you have a judgment against yourself, uh, resentment toward yourself, you end up living a life of regret. I think, yeah, it's, it's regret there. There's something about regret. When you have judgment toward another, that's resentment outflowing. The judgment out there toward another is resentment. Regret lives in judgment of yourself. But what you're speaking to is forgiveness of self. It lifts regret and you get to be free. You're free to be whoever you are in your life. And ideally you're living a good life and ways of living that are life giving for yourself and others and uplifting. But the forgiveness taught by Jesus was always to me that the second chance. And I know I certainly have been lived that experience, the opportunity to transform and change in any moment through forgiveness. And it really opens up the possibility of love. Joe Rogan had uh, mm-hmm. a guest on the other day on his show, and they were he was talking about how he came from being an atheist to being a believer in in Christ. And Joe Rogan was like really probing into his like, well, what does it mean? What does it mean to to believe? And you know, do you really think that Jesus was the Son of God and all this stuff? And it was a really interesting discussion because what his guest said more importantly than any of that other stuff was, he said, I feel better. I I just feel better. Somebody said to me one time, the devil calls you by your sin, but God calls you by your name. When you bring this up, it it makes me think that, you know, there, there are forces that love us, or we could call them angels or what have you, but into certain moments, in certain lows, if you're open the power of a meditation practice to be still, you know, like in a silent prayer where you listen instead of just talking, <laughs> but you listen and, and it's like, there's a helping hand. There's like the, you know, the winds of grace are blowing all the time and but you need to be able to recognize those winds and catch them, raise your sail in the moment, like raise a sail and catch the wind of grace. And that, those are available all of the time, everywhere, in any moment. We get so in our head and so distracted and so busy and, so, and, and not available for higher guidance or the ability to listen and, and hear our conscience, that kind of hound of heaven in the background calling or pointing to a direction, a direction to take. And coming back to the direction to take at any moment, taking a certain path. It's a choice. There's something I've, in my own life that I've hit crossroads and I, I'm like, wasn't sure which way to go. I've learned to not force it, the direction to reveal itself. If I force it, what I'm left with is like I'm experiencing doubt. Should I do this thing? Should I not? I do the pros and cons. I can write them out. I do the cost benefit analysis, like which way to go. Okay. I could do all that linear intellectual looking, but then I need to put all that aside and actually let it get revealed. And the patience to see 
as uh, Jesus said, through patience, possess ye your soul. To me, possessing your soul is there is right in your soul is the knowing. And, it, and it's revealed. And there's a knowing. It's, it whispers, do that thing. Go that way. Go. And then you've got the voice of doubt, that demon of doubt right there. Going, no, this is a mistake. Or is it your conscience, your higher knowing saying, no, don't go that way. And at a certain point, there's a knowing that says, go this way. And it seems scary. It seems whatever's there. And even that voice of doubt's there. But you decide and you go that way. It seems like the highest step, the right step in the moment. You go that way. And then it requires something that I've learned for myself in my life, which is faith. Because then I can see the first step to take. I could see the second step, perhaps. And then it requires a certain kind of faith and a trust and a handing it over. If I don't do that, then every step I'm riddled with anxiety. And am I doing the right thing? Should I not be doing this? A a loss of confidence. And then a loss of faith. And I'm operating out of me and not a trust out of my higher source, the power greater than myself. Uh, I, I was probably 17, 18 years old. I'm at a party. And all of a sudden, I hear this voice. And the voice is, David. And I'm sitting there drinking and, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm just going crazy at this party. And there was, I hear it again, David. And it sounded just like my dad. And I started looking around and, and this is just, it wasn't paranoia. It was a voice of conscience that I could recognize. And it sounded just like my dad. And it's like, I actually decided I'm going to go home and see if my dad is at home. He was there sleeping on the couch. But you see, we all have that, that presence, call it an angelic presence, call it a godly presence, call it whatever you want, voice of conscience. And we all have it until we've decided not to listen to it anymore. Okay, very good. All right. Thank you, everybody. Thank you, David. I uh, appreciate you all. Please subscribe if you haven't. Leave comments. You could send your questions to disrupting the drift at baronbaptiste.com. You could check out the website, baronbaptiste.com. We have a, have a monthly subscription membership that's there that you could check out. It's called Momentum Nation. Got several hundreds of members there. It's really a powerful community and got meditation practices, yoga practices, and some inquiries like how we talk here, but more personalized to the the flow in that process. So you go to baronbaptiste.com. David, where can people locate you if they wanted to? Escapeyourmindsprison.com. Awesome. You also have a book. Is that on Amazon or? I do. It's called How to Escape the Prison for Your Mind on Amazon.com. Okay, very good. Thank you, David. Be well, my friend. God bless you, man. Always good to be with you. Thank you.